week two of TikTok Theology, I wanna bring a message to you entitled this, unfollow. Hey, write that down right now. Come on, if you're, if you write that down right now. It's time to, everybody say it with me, unfollow. That's right. Um, whenever Tammy and I were engaged, so um, right before we got engaged, we were living on Staten Island in New York City, and um, we were working for our best friends, Pastor Eddie and Jessica Cole. Shout out Hampton Roads. What's up, core team? And um, so uh, we were youth pastor then, and, um, and we were about to get engaged. So this was like... Uh, July, August of 03. Am I right on this, babe? 03, I got these dates right. And, um, and I had, uh, I, we got engaged on September the 23rd. Hello, somebody, I know the date. It's three days after her birthday. And uh, we got engaged on that day. But before that, for like two months, I had the ring in my hand. Like I had it in the hand. I was in New York, she was in Virginia and I had the ring and I would get the ring out when I was on the phone with her. I would talk to her. I would look at the ring. I would hold on to the ring. I had a special place in my house at that point. It was just, I was single, had my own house. I had a special place in the closet that I kept the ring. I'll be honest, like several times a day, I would go check, is the ring still there? You know what I'm talking about? Cause it's like, this wasn't cheap and I sold things and worked really hard and saved up to get this ring. And so I would, I would put in a special place, but I, I guarded this ring with everything that I had within me. I would check on it. I didn't tell anybody where it was. I didn't care who you are. I didn't trust you. Like I, I had this ring under lock and key. I had it on my person most of the time that I was in the house, y'all. Like this thing was valuable to me. How many of you ever had something valuable in your life? life. Come on. Some of you are like, I got a daughter and I got some guns and I know what you're saying, pastor, right now. Like it's valuable. And I want you to understand something today. This is the big idea I want you to get is that you have something that is more valuable than a jewel and it's your heart. And I'm not, I'm not talking about like your cardiovascular system and whether or not you have arteries and, and you know, clogging. I'm not talking about your cholesterol and you need to really take care of your heart and only eat, you know, no more than one steak a week. And not that I have to deal with that, but I'm just, I just, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how the Bible talks about it. I want you to see this in Proverbs chapter four. And uh, oh, by the way, I won't forget by LifePoint worship came out this week. Come on somebody. You need to make sure and go download that. Also to remind you, of course, if you're a note taker, write all this down. If you're not, everybody say it with me. Write it, write it down anyways. Let's go to our Bible. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 says this, above all else, time out, let's stop right there. That's a strong statement. What comes next should be very important to all of us. Above all else. Now, now you may think what would come next would be above all else, memorize your Bible. And that would be great. Or above all else, share your faith. And that would be true. And above all else, pray. Pray a lot. Pray in the morning, pray in the afternoon, pray at night. Of course, all those things are great, but that's not what the writer of Proverbs Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, he said, above all else, do this one thing. Everybody say it with me, these three words, guard your heart. Okay, that wasn't that great, let's try it again. These three words, above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart, why? For everything you do comes out of there. Above all else. In other words, you've got this, this seat 
metaphorically, we, we, the Bible calls it like this seed of emotion. You got this, this place where you're, the Bible connects your heart and your thinking a lot. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So, so, so you're thinking, you're feeling, your heart, the seat of emotion, the seat of intellect, the, the, the Bible seems to tie them together. And it says, this is the place that everything flows out of. So if, if I fly off the handle in anger, it wasn't that just somebody cut me off, it came from somewhere. And, and, it, and if, I, if I cuss somebody out, like, it came from some, it wasn't like, oh, just that was a mistake. I didn't mean to do that. If I'm looking at things I shouldn't look at, it wasn't just an accidental scroll. It came, come on somebody. It came from somewhere. This, there seems to be this, this spiritual connection between my heart, my intellect, my thinking. How many of you know that your thinking drives your living? And so the choices you make are the result of your thinking. This is what parenting is. This is what childhood, this is what growing up is. What? You begin to learn how to think. In other words, you, you touch the hot oven one time. Why? Because now you have a thought that says, if I touch that, I will get burnt. And now you're thinking on a very elementary level, your thinking drives your living. But for some of us, the burnt we got was a stab in the back from a friend. And now our thinking is I can't trust anybody. And so it affects all the relationships in my life because above all else, guard your heart. Because everything you do flows from it. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter six. I love this verse. He said, a good person produces good things. I love this word from the treasury of a good heart. The savings account <laughs> of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in, everybody say it with me, in your it's everything you say. Another, another way this translation, uh, this verse is worded is from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Not, not from the bottom of the well. You know, someone's like, oh, that, that wasn't really me that said that. <laughs> it really was you. <laughs> And some of us, I don't want you to get caught up on this, an evil person. You're like, well, pastor, I'm not an evil person. No, we all have a tendency towards this in us. They're, they're, we all have this in here that can hold bitterness and can hold anger in our heart. That's evil. We can hold unforgiveness in our heart. That's evil. And so don't, don't, don't paint this in, in comparison to someone else. Pastor, I'm not evil. That's not talking about me because I'm not a, I'm not a psychopath. I'm not a murderer. I'm not, I haven't robbed anybody. No, no, no. But maybe you're holding pride in your heart and that's evil. And so I, I just kind of want to bring this down to every day for all of us that, that there, there are parts of our heart where we are, have a savings account of evil. Or, or if this helps you better, we all have some savings account of bad in our life and we all have some savings account of good in our life. And what comes out of our life, what comes out of us is a direct reflection of what we're storing up, of what we're treasuring, of what we're putting in. In other words, I, I don't think it, it, it downplays the text or does it injustice to go from the deposit you make in your heart, that's what comes out of your heart. And some of us, we have deposits from so many different places. 
And so we're living out of those deposits, right? Your thinking drives your living, your, your heart, your intellect. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So out of this seat of emotion, out of this seat of thinking is how I respond to things, how I, you know, you, some people call it trigger. The Bible calls it treasury. No, no, no. The Bible says that you call it triggery, but that was actually what you deposited in there. And for some of us, I wanna, let, I wanna be sensitive to this. Some of you, the deposit that got put in you was from someone else's words that were spoken over you that were curses and not blessing. And some of you, it's what somebody did to you, but that got deposited into your heart. And now out of the treasury of your heart is how you deal with relationships and how you deal with parenting and how you treat your spouse and how you respond to your coworkers and how you respond to your boss. And now you don't let anybody into your word because out of the treasury of your heart, everything flows out of you. If you're with me, say amen today. But some of us, the deposits we're making are because of the scroll. We're, we're up all night doing the scroll and we're ingesting and digesting the content of so many voices and we're digesting bitterness and we're digesting insecurity and we're digesting fear and we're digesting anger. How many times have you ever read a post and been like, did you see this? <laughs> and you are fired up and you're angry. You're putting treasury in. How many, let's get out of the social world. How many of you ever been on your app, your news app, and you're like, I can't believe, did you? And you're depositing treasury. Is it good or is it bad? Because whatever you put in is coming out. And here's what's happened. So many of us in the Christian life, we think output and not input. Let me explain this to you. We think behavior modification, if I can fix the output, well, I just gotta act better. I just gotta be nicer. I just, just tried this. And that's what you do with your kids. If you just quit doing this and stop saying that and quit wearing that and stop looking at that, I wanna tell you the output's not the issue. The input's the issue. It's what we're putting into our lives that is producing the output. And maybe if I'd stop the scroll, I wouldn't have the outburst of anger. Maybe if I'd stop ingesting and putting the treasury of bad into my life, I wouldn't have the issues in the relationships I have. It's an input problem, not an output. Come on, if you're with me, say amen today. And so some of you, the best thing you could do for your heart is to practice a little unfollow. I want to give you five things I think you need to unfollow. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. All right, I want you to write these down. Number one, if your feed is feeding you negativity, it's time to unfollow. If your feed is feeding you negativity, if it's giving you a treasure in your heart of negativity, it's time to unfollow. Proverbs 15, four says this, a soothing tongue. I love the Amplified because it kind of it unpacks what that means. It says speaking words that build up and encourage is a tree of life. If you scroll and feel less alive, it's time to unfollow. But a perverse tongue, and some of you think, well, that's just someone that's talking inappropriate. No, no, words that overwhelm and depress. How many times have you scrolled through and you get done scrolling and you feel more down 
more like the life is sucked out of you. You see somebody doing something and you can't believe they're doing that and I just can't with them and I just want, and then, and you keep following them. The Bible says it crushes the spirit. For some of you, the source of your anxiety, it's this. It's because it's crushing your spirit. And you're letting the deposit of negativity get in you. You're like, nah, I'm just reading it. It's, it's, not, it's not affecting me. Really? Then why did you run in and go, can you believe this? Why did you DM it to a friend and go, I can't with them? It's quiet in this church. <laughs> if negativity, if your feed is feeding you negativity, guess what's going to get in you? Negativity. Guess what's going to come out of you? Negativity. Now, Pastor, I've been walking with Jesus. I'm like super Christian. Okay. You're the one that can defy gravity and defy the word of God. You're amazing. But for the rest of us, you get negativity in, negativity comes out. If you're with me, say amen. amen. And the Bible says that you should ingest what? Ingest a soothing tongue. The perverse tongue crushes the spirit. I love what Ephesians 4 says. It says this, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what? What is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So if that's what I'm supposed to be doing and what I put in is what comes out, then that means I've got to put in what? I've got to put in wholesome talk. I got to put in what is helpful and beneficial for others. Listen to me, just because you think it don't mean you need to say it. And listen to me, just because someone else thinks it doesn't mean you need to receive it. Doesn't mean you need to hear it. Doesn't mean you need to ingest it into your, some of you need to unfollow it. And I hope you get the bigger metaphor that I'm just not talking about there. Some, some of you are like, but I can't unfollow them. It's my aunt. <laughs> Well, there's this thing called mute and it's wonderful. They don't ever know. But I'm talking about what are, the, what are the voices coming into your life that are negative in your life? It may just not be on social. I, I, I hope you're thinking bigger than this and going, what, what am I surrounding? What are the voices that I'm listening to? What am I allowing to deposit into the treasury of my heart? Because whatever that is, it will, may not be today, may not be tomorrow, but it will come out in your life. You're with me. Say amen. Number two, if your feed is feeding you temptation, it's time to unfollow. If your feed is feeding you temptation, and listen to me, I'm not just talking about the kind of temptation like to look at pornography or or to cheat on your wife or to slide into an ex-girlfriend's DMs even though you're married now, although that's real. I'm talking about because that is chasing you down. I, had a, I was talking with a, a friend the other day that is a parent and a pastor. And he said, man, in today's age, he said, pornography comes looking for your kids. And I'm talking about that, but I'm talking about this. What about the temptation to go back to an old way of thinking? Well, what, what if your feed is feeding you temptation to, to give up on believing God for what? he has for your life, to stop dreaming, to, to revert back to an old way of thinking? What, what, if, what if your feed is, is pulling you back to that old group of friends that you had and, and where they were? And, and maybe, maybe, maybe I shouldn't try to live, maybe I shouldn't pursue God in this, maybe I shouldn't go after this. 
What if your feed is feeding you temptation? I love what the scripture says. When tempted, no one should say God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But watch this. Each person is tempted when they are dragged away. I love that, that, that mental image. They are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And then sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. So don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Here's what what James is trying to tell us here is this, is that God isn't tempting you, but we are led away by our own desires. It's, It's the thing. So all of us, Paul said it this way, we all have um, a sin that so easily gets us. And for some, it may be pride. And for some, it may be lust. And for some, it may be arrogance and the pursuit of wealth. And, and all of us, we have a different category. And the Bible says this, is that we're tempted when we're led by our own desires. That means that if there is a temptation that your feed is feeding you, then you are wise to cut it out of your life. It's not how close can I get to it? Well, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go down to only five minutes a day on it. Well, you may need to unfollow half of it because half of it is pulling on that temptation, pulling on that thing to make you value. Let me give you an example. Maybe for some of you, your temptation is, is, is building wealth and, and you think that is the end all be all and it's gonna bring you value in your life. And so you follow like, how do I get rich quick? And I'm not for you gaining wealth. I'm just saying, if that is feeding something in you that is unhealthy, the best thing to do is get as far away from it as you possibly can. Are, are y'all following me today? Like to get, Paul said, you're, you're enticed by your own. And so what we do is we just, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a fast one, it's a little slow fade. It's a little step at a time. A little bit at a time. No, no, if you're, you need to unfollow and go, I've got to get as far away from that. Why? Because above all else, guard your heart. Why? Because everything flows from it. Guess what? The way you parent is coming from here. The way you manage your finances is coming from here. The level you have risen into your career is a direct result of what's in here. Are y'all with me? Everything flows from your heart. It's your thinking, your intellect, the way you think, your thinking drives your living, your emotion. It's all tied together. And you've got to put a, you've got to guard it. It's more valuable than a jewel. You've got to put some boundaries to go, no, no, I'm not letting negativity into here. I'm not letting temptation into here because God is taking me somewhere. I have purpose on my life and I'm not letting anything be a ceiling on me and a lid on me from becoming everything God wants me to be. So whenever I, I unfollow it, 2 Corinthians 3.17 says this, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So if it's creating bondage in my life, it ain't God. If it's creating bondage, it's not God. Some of you are like, well, pastor, I don't think that follow is a sin. It may not be sin, but it may not be wise. And maturity, I told you last week, my my goal for you is that you would grow into maturity even into the head, which is Christ. Ephesians chapter four, Paul wrote, "I, I want you to grow into maturity, right? Well, maturity says it may not be wrong, but it may not be best. 
Number three, if you're with me, shout amen. This is fun. Number three, if your feed is feeding you fear, it's time to, everybody say it with me, it's time to unfollow. Now, time out, I just wanna say this. I'm not recommending you leave here and be like, hey bro, my pastor this morning, I'm unfollowing you. I don't recommend DMing people and be like, hey, used to follow you, ain't no more. Preacher said not to. Don't throw my name into it, all right? If your feed is feeding you fear, it's time to unfollow. Some of you, you're so gripped by fear because of all the content you digest. And, and it plays out like this. You'd say, I'm not, I'm not afraid of anything. Well, it plays out like this in your life. Like, well, no, I just, I, 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 well, I just, what could happen is, and so your brain begins to play out the worst case scenario of everything you've ever seen or read with the probability of it ever happening to be very, very low. And then you live from a place of fear. And every little, every little ache is, a, is, a, is you know, a death diagnosis on your life. And every little thing to have, and it's always, and you, and, you, and you keep your children out of everything because you just you live out of fear and you're just feeding it all the time. And you're just affirming your assumptions and your presuppositions by all the things that you're scrolling through. And the Bible says this in 2 Timothy chapter one, that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And watch this, a sound mind or sound judgment. So what the Bible is teaching us is that fear, the thoughts of fear are the opposite of sound judgment. In other words, fear is irrational thinking. I'm not talking about the kind of fear, the instinct God gives us to be like, hey, I'm not gonna go down that dark alley at night. Are y'all with me? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the kind of fear that keeps us moving towards the destiny that God has for us. And that kind of fear is irrational thinking because the Bible says God hasn't given us fear. He's given us the converse, which is power, love and sound judgment. It's right thinking. It's clarity of thought. But some of us, our thoughts are so clogged by the scrolling we're doing, by the content we're ingesting, that we don't have sound judgment of our thinking. And we're gripped by fear. And so we don't take the step that God wants us to take. We don't pursue the dream that God has put in our heart. And I just wanna say to you, your purpose is too great to be capped and to be lived. Your destiny is too great for your thinking to be small and fear-driven and the world is falling apart and, and everything's going to hell in a handbasket. No, Jesus is alive. The King is on the throne. The tomb is empty. I've got power, love, and a sound mind. And here's why I can have a sound mind because I have the perfect love of the Father. First John four says this, says there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, but the one who fears has not been made perfect in love. And so I'm not saying that you won't face fear, I'm just saying I move forward in faith in the face of fear because I've got the perfect love of the Father. Number next. Write this down, if your feed is feeding you disconnection, it's time to unfollow. Hang on with you with this one for a minute. Our feeds show us a reality that usually is not really real and therefore disconnects us from reality. And when you're disconnected from reality, it's so easy to make broad brush statements about groups of people. 
I know y'all gonna be quiet on this one. When we're so disconnected from reality, it's so easy to go, well, they're all this way or they're all that way. And you can so get so desensitized by the scroll that you get apathetic to the brokenness of humanity and you lose empathy for people. And so you see another story of someone's brokenness and you're like, oh, look at that, another, another shooting, another rape victim, another homeless person dies, another another needle gone in their arm and we don't even think twice about it. And we begin to broad brush stroke people and categorize people and we don't stop to see that people are made in the image of a loving God and we lose empathy in our hearts and we can disconnect and we can isolate and we are so bold with our thumbs we would never have the courage to say it if we were face to face. Really it's cowardice what people do with their thumbs. And Proverbs 18.1 says this, that when we disconnect, it says, and we isolate in that way, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desires. And listen to this, he rages against good judgment. Rages against good judgment. Peter said this, he said, finally, all you should be one mind. Listen to this, sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted. And watch this, keep a humble attitude. Have you ever noticed how how, how there's so many experts online. I mean, there, I never knew so many people were in the medical professional that are friends of mine until the pandemic hit. Oh, it's quiet. I never knew how many people were just like, had all these medical degrees. I was like, wow, look, you have an opinion on everything medical. I never knew you went to school for that. That's amazing. No, no the Bible says that we should keep a humble attitude. We should keep a tender heart. And if your feed is feeding you disconnection, where you, get dis, where you don't see people in the image of God, it's time to unfollow. If your feed is feeding you so that you get apathetic in your heart towards the brokenness of humanity, man, it's time, it's time to unfollow. It's time to get away from that and get back to looking someone in the eyes, loving someone right where they are. If you're with me, shout amen. amen. All right, number five. We'll get through this quick and then I'm gonna give you a few thoughts. If your feed is feeding you comparison, oh, this is all of us. If your feed is feeding you comparison, it's time to unfollow. If you can't be happy on your vacation because you saw somebody else's vacation, get it out of your hand. Are y'all with me? If you can't be content with the family God has given you because you're envy of somebody else's family, then unfollow. If, if you can't be, comparison will kill your joy. It'll rob you of joy. Some of you don't have any joy in your life because you're scrolling. Because you're con the stuff you're looking at, you're looking at everybody else's life and you're mad at everybody else and you, and you can't have any happiness and you can't celebrate anybody else because you're just comparing your life to their highlight reel and your real life to their filtered pictures. Come on, somebody. The Bible says this in James chapter three, it says, but if you harbor bitter envy, and selfish ambition in your hearts. Do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom doesn't come from heaven. Listen to this, it's not spiritual, it's even demonic. Oh my goodness. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil. Wow. 
This is not my word, this is the word of God. So where I have envy for what, I'm not envious, I'm just, no, that's what that is. Let me just help you identify it, right? Hi, my name's Daniel, I'm your friend, you're envious. (laughs) Of what you're seeing on there, it's called envy. It's comparison, it's a trap of the enemy. It's gonna rob your joy and steal your peace and it's gonna take so much from you. And the Bible says where that is, it's demonic, it's from the devil and it creates all kinds of disorder and disruption in your life. Why? Because you, some of you, you buy things because you saw someone else carrying it. You have debt in your life because you had to keep up with someone else's like, are y'all following me? Like when you logically think through this, comparison is the killer of contentment in your life. Social will kill your contentment. If it's feeding you comparison, I love what this Psalm says. It's one of my favorites right now. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. I love this. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. You know what the psalmist was saying? He was saying, my, my boundary lines, in other words, what, what's within my care, what's within my scope of responsibility. In other words, God, you've called the boundary lines of my family to fall in pleasant places. I love the family you've given me. I love the kids you've given me. I don't want them to be somebody else's. God, the job, the career you've given me, it's in pleasant places. Here's another way to say it. I am happy in my portion. I don't want your life. I really don't. I, there's nobody's life I want. I want mine. I love, I love my boundary lines. I love Tammy Floyd. I love our four kids and the circus we are. I've got boundary lines in pleasant places. I don't want to pastor any other church. I love Life Point Church. I don't want to pastor Joel Osteen's church. I don't want to pastor T.D. Jake's church. I want this one. I love this one. Why? My boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. Can I tell you how much peace that'll give you? If you can just look at your life. I love the vacations we go on. I don't need to look at you on your vacation. I want to be with my family on my vacation because my boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. God, you're my portion. You're my portions. So if your feed is feeding you comparison, it's time to unfollow. Because above all else, church, guard your heart. So how do I guard my heart? Let me give this to you really, really fast, all right? Really fast. Romans says this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God, like all of you to God. And he says, let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Worship isn't just a song, it's it's giving all of our life to God. And he goes on to say this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Well, if I get off, if I I unfollow, if I don't do it, no. Don't, Don't follow the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by what? Changing the way you think. 
Why, why are we guarding this? Because it controls how you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. In other words, get, let God's word, let it, let it transform the way I think about things. Well, everybody thinks this, well, just because everybody's saying it, it doesn't mean you need to think it. Just because it's popular, we learned last week, doesn't mean it's true and doesn't mean it's good and doesn't mean it's wise and doesn't mean it's healthy for you. And so let God's word transform your thinking. Matter of fact, neuroscientists have found that you have patterns of thinking, you have neuropathways that form in your mind so that you don't even have to think about things, you just respond. And God's word has the power to reroute your thinking so that whenever negativity comes in your life, you don't respond in anger, you respond with grace. God can do that. The spirit of God can transform you, but you've got to unfollow and you've got to start following the word of God. Let that be what you digest, the content that comes into your life. Over and over. And so how do I do that? Let me give you the real practical. Here it is. Second Corinthians says this. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. The word stronghold there, a way of thinking about this is a house of wrong thinking. It's, it's a place in your mind or in your life where you believe the lie and you've allowed that lie to not only be planted, but to take fruit and bloom and produce something in your life. It's where the treasury of your heart has received bad things. And he said, so we, we wage war against this. Paul wasn't going easy here. He wasn't just like, we well, just try to do better. He's like, no, we at war, y'all. And the war is here and it's here. And we're gonna wage war against it. And here's what we're gonna do. We're going to knock down. Another translation says, we're gonna tear down strongholds. It's an aggressive posture. I'm just telling you, you won't win the battle of your mind with a passive posture. Well, baby, I just, no, you gotta get aggressive. You gotta get a little crazy. You gotta, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, look like coming after wrong thinking. Then he says, here's how we do it. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. Watch this. We capture rebellious thoughts. In other words, I've got to be aware of what I'm thinking. I capture rebellious thoughts and I teach them to obey Christ. This is what Paul was teaching us in Romans 12 too. I'm transformed by the renewing of my mind. So whenever something comes into, whenever fear comes in, no, no, no. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love. And I'm not buying into that. Are y'all following me? I'm not grasping that. I'm, not, I'm tearing down strongholds. I know the area for me. It's temptation or it's comparison or it's fear or it's negativity, whatever it is, I'm tearing it down. How am I tearing it down? Not just with, I'm not gonna think that anymore. No, I'm gonna replace it with the word of God because there is a truth at work in my life and I've got to bring a higher truth to the table to knock this one down. And the higher truth is the word of the living God. This is what Psalm says. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around and scroll with sinners. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just kidding or join him with mockers, what this, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it. They, they meditate, they ruminate. This idea is like of a cow, not to be gross, that has two stomachs, that'll digest it, regurgitate it, chew some more and digest it again. They meditate on it. They don't just like get the verse of the day, read it and then walk away. 
No, they meditate. They let it saturate. They let it marinate like, like good marinating on a piece of meat. They just let it marinate in their mind over and over. They meditate on it. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound judgment. I feel a little fear creeping. No, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love. They meditate on it. Wow, God's given me. Matter of fact, that means right now, I have a spirit of power and love and sound judgment. They meditate, they meditate on it. Watch this, day and night, not Sundays. Day and night, all the time. And watch what happens for those kind of people. The people that are willing to do this, that are, that are willing to have the discipline to do this in their life, look what happens. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. That means you won't have a season in your life where you don't bear fruit in your life. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. Why, why do those who meditate on the law of the Lord, why do they prosper in whatever they do? because what they're doing is driven by what they're thinking. And when they're thinking and their heart is so saturated with the word of God, they live their life out according to God's word. And therefore they bear fruit in every season. They never have a dry season and their leaves don't wither and they prosper in all they do. So some of you, it's time to unfollow. It's time to begin to let the word of God be what you meditate on day and night. So when you're walking through your week, you're not taking your free time. You're not driving down the road, <laughs> but you're going, no, 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 no. When that, when that feeling comes up, when, you, when that feeling of fear comes up, you're gonna know, no, I've got, I've got a word I've meditated on. I haven't been given a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound judgment. And whenever that, that feeling of insecurity comes up and, and you, you're not scrolling to feed the insecurity, you're going, no, 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 I'm not gonna believe that. That's from the enemy. I've been, I've been chosen by God. He has good plans for me. I've been loved by the Father. And so you're, you're replacing it with the word of God. And as you replace it with the word of God, what happens? You bear fruit in every season. Your leaves never wither and you prosper in all you do. So here's what I wanna ask you. What is your feed feeding you? What's your feed feeding you? Let me ask it to you this way. If it's robbing your peace, some of you be like, well, I can't get, I can't unfollow anything. I can't, I can't like put aside some, and I'm not saying you gotta go delete your ad. I don't know what God would say to you. I'm just saying, what's the steady diet? And do you need to be in the know so much as to lose your peace and joy? I don't need to know that much. Matter of fact, I'm not saying everybody needs to do this, but this summer, I, I don't have anything. I don't, if I wanna see social, I have to go log in on a browser and I don't even know my password. Can I tell you how much peace I've had since then? Can I tell you how few times my joy has been stolen because of something I read? I don't need to know that much. And y'all are way smarter. I don't have enough brain power to keep up with it all. And so if it's stealing your peace and robbing your joy, do you really need to know? 
what you feed, feeding you. You received the word today? Come on, let's put our hands together. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you today for your word. Thank you that it's powerful, it's alive, it's active. It's sharp like a two-edged sword. It, It separates, it cuts away the things that are keeping us from being everything you want us to be. So God, I pray that we'd take a moment to evaluate what's feeding, what are we feeding ourselves with? Are we feeding the treasury of bad in our life? Are we feeding the treasury of good? Because whatever we're feeding is what is gonna come out of us. So may we have the wisdom to unfollow the things in our life that are feeding the treasury of bad. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Feel free to rate, review, and share with a friend. If you'd like to find out how you can get involved or partner with us financially, visit lifepoint.org or download the LifePoint app. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart. See you soon.